All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast. Um, this is the podcast that we cover everything Cincinnati sports. Um, I'm Parker Fields here with my co-host, Donnie Menke. Um, and today we're going to be focusing on the Bengals uh, preview for the Bengals versus Cowboys game this weekend uh, out in Jerry World in Dallas. Dak Prescott is out. Cooper Rush will be starting for the Dallas Cowboys as Prescott, I believe, is out about six to eight weeks with a hand injury, mm-hmm. needs surgery. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the Reds, who we think uh, has been performing well and everything like that. Ready to get going, talk about these depressing red legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. L- let's talk about the Reds a little bit as they did get swept Four to zero by the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is really depressing. Uh, did they? I believe they fell below the Pirates in the standings now. It's really close. If they didn't, it's like did a they game fall? That separates them. Yeah, they they had like a five or six or seven game lead, something like that. But they might have fallen. And now the hundred losses is back in question, as it was kind of like, oh, we're not losing a hundred games. Not going to be close to that. It's back in question now. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> back in question now. I think. 56 and 86, I want to say. Is that right? Yeah, the, yeah, they've only got a game and a half on the Pirates. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Pirates and Reds, just both terrible teams right now. And yeah. um, the Reds were looking good for really since their start. They were looking solid since that 3-22 and start. And this was the first, like, really, like, wow, we got swept by the Pirates type of series. Honestly, since that 3-22 and yeah. start, I feel like. Oh yeah, because between the trade deadline or between that start and the trade deadline, they went about yeah. five hundred. Like they were decent. Like they were they were all right. <clears throat> so they were like what nineteen games under five hundred at the trade deadline, and now they're thirty under. Yeah, <laughs> a month and a half later. <laughs> Oof, that's rough. Yeah, they for a minute there, I was thinking, you know, if they didn't have that start, they could have. You know, push for a wild card spot, honestly, if they didn't have that yeah. start. But yeah. And now we've moved to getting outscored 23 to 8 in the four game series by the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, that that was rough. The, Aquino is Bad. looking like he's going to lead the team in home runs on the whole season if he, Which, if he gets yeah. a few more. <laughs> for a dude that's played a third of their games. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, rough, rough year for the Red Legs, but let's talk about one big bright spot for the Reds. Nick Lodolo having a great rookie year, sub-4 ERA. And yesterday, I don't know, did you get to watch the game, Donnie, at all? Yeah, yeah, that was, that uh, yeah. was something to watch. Yeah, yesterday was one of the few games I've watched in the last couple weeks just because, I mean, the season's winding down. I mean, I, I tune in from time to time, but one of the few games I just sat down to watch because I like to watch Lodolo pitch, and the man was shoving mm-hmm. yesterday. His slider to right-handed batters is disgusting. When he it's, throws that slider, yeah, man, it's that's a beautiful pitch, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's just the pitch that makes you one of the pitches that makes you think he can be a special, special talent in this league. Yep, his delivery reminds me so much of Randy Johnson. Just his delivery, it looks so much like Randy Johnson to me. The way he throws the ball, his arm angle, everything. He doesn't throw as hard as Randy Johnson, but that slider on right-handed batters is one of the most disgusting pitches in baseball. And I think right now, as a rookie in baseball, that's true. He was throwing that yesterday. Like I remember in a bat to Brian Reynolds in the first inning, 
he threw that slider and made Reynolds chase three sliders like in the dirt or about to be in yeah. the dirt. All just yeah. coming from that left arm angle, just spinning uh, towards the inside part of the plate on him. And like it looks like a fastball strike when Reynolds is swinging, yeah. and then all of a sudden the ball just drops immediately. And it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it's, man, <clears throat> he's just ridiculous. Like it's a, an amazing out pitch to have. Like that's just, you know, it's coming and you still can't hit it type of pitch. And right now he's second on the team in strikeouts per nine. He's ahead of Hunter Green. He's only behind Alexis Diaz. So if he can, having that pitch already in place and seeing what he's progressing into as the season goes on is, it's so, so encouraging. And it's the bright spot right now. It's one of the few reasons to watch. Uh, speaking of Hunter Green, um, do you think that he's going to have any starts before the season's over? I think they reported he's supposed to come back on Saturday. That is nice to see. That is nice to see, definitely. Yeah. I want to see him get three or four starts to end the year because, I mean, he was the guy everybody was looking forward to this year, and he had a lot of bright spots this year, but he had a lot of, a lot of mistakes as well. But you got to remember, Lodolo is two years young or two years older. Hunter Green – barely his pitch professionally even like <laughs> the dude missed two yeah. years like after getting drafted last year was really like his and then COVID happened like last year was mm-hmm. really like his first full year in the minors so like the man doesn't have much pitching experience as a professional and we got to remember that like he's getting his kinks and his flaws out of the way in major league baseball and the man still is dominant at times this year oh yeah I mean do a no hitter yeah yeah, you see the the slider coming along nicely is is something that's really nice to see to pair with that fastball. Just that can be a devastating two pitch combination. He just needs to develop that changeup more. Yeah, give a true <clears throat> a true changeup could do a lot, a, a a hell of a lot for his his arsenal because that fastball is just so it's got it's amazing. Like there's so much life to that fastball. And then that mm-hmm. slider's coming in there with, with that much amount of bite. If you can make it look like the fastball, just exactly what a changeup's supposed to do, just an average changeup will complement that fastball so much. Like make yep. him maybe an all-star game starter, potentially. That's what I think it could do for him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like I feel as if people are almost just ready for the fastball at times, and that's when he gets in trouble is when they're just sitting on it, and then he throws it, and then it's a home run because he did struggle giving up home runs this year. And if mm-hmm. he has that third pitch to complement it so they're not just sitting on fastball slider, fastball slider, it could really just help him in ways you couldn't even imagine. Right, because at this level, you can't just blow fastballs by guys. You, you, no. You just can't. You have to have those. You have to have at least one other – um, you have to have at least one other awesome pitch, or you need to have two above average off speed to help uh, vary it up, like you said. So, I want to see him work on that changeup, and I want to see him mixing up the pitches more because when he throws that slider more, I think he's better. Like the fastball, I think needs to be more, maybe more complementary going forward, at least yeah. more than he's had it be this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you there 100%. He just needs that that fastball more of a complimentary pitch. Get that thing not throwing it 
over 50% of your pitches and stuff, or not even 50%. He's, I don't know the number, but he's probably throwing that thing a majority of the time, honestly. And he needs yeah. to get that number down a little bit so that he's not as predictable because his stuff is there. His stuff is nasty. And Lodolo, yeah. he's obviously the more MLB-ready pitcher at this point, but that's also he's older. He has more experience. He pitched in college, and I think he's he's two years older, I believe, too. So I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I think Lodolo will be 25 by the time next year's season comes around. So, yeah, he has more experience, and he was just more MLB-ready this year. Yep, agreed. Um, but let's talk about another bright spot real quick. Let's talk about Aristides Aquino, who me and Donnie said a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, uh, we said that Aquino, we wanted to see get more – uh, playing time going forward because his defense is that lethal, even if he couldn't hit. And uh, he must have been listening to the podcast because now he wants to hit. <laughs> <laughs> a little stance uh, change helped a lot. Yeah. Aquino has just been killing baseballs right now. Do you got the stats up uh, right now on uh, his splits recently? I, I, I can the, pull them up right now. I know he had a his, another multi-homering game right after that that podcast we talked about against the against the Cubs but since that Cubs game his average has gone from 186 to 206 yeah so and his OPS has gone up from 531 to 621 so he's he's hitting really well recently yeah guy geez I mean he's he just looks better he looks like he's making better contact I'm not sure <laughs> yeah his it, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, his new approach is looking much better, too. He's not really chasing as many pitches. He's walked a few times, which I know like a few times is not much, but for him it's progress. Um, he's not really just chasing awful pitches as much, and he looks like he's more, more polished at the plate, as in he's waiting on a pitch that he knows he can drive down the field more. He's been doubling a lot recently. He had that game yeah. with three doubles, and then he had – I think he had two doubles this uh, over this series too. So like he's really been driving the ball, not just homers, driving in the gaps and everything. Yeah, he has. I just got it for September. In twelve games, he's slashing two ninety three, three fifty six, six eighty three for over a thousand OPS. Yeah, that's so, what you want to see. Yeah, this month he's been killing the ball. Um, he he did some in June too. Um. He was getting a lot of hits, but he only played in eight games. He's already four more than that, so the sample yeah. size is bigger. August, he really sucked <laughs> at the plate. There's no sugarcoating <laughs> that. <laughs> but um, so, I mean, he's he's turned it on lately, man. If this yeah. is something he can carry into next year, that's an exciting, exciting development. Yeah. Um. My my dad is about the biggest Aristides Aquino fan you can meet. Like, I swear he will never give up on him. And he always tells me he's like George Foster. He's like, George Foster, like, and he showed me his stats. He was like, showing me how George Foster really didn't have his great years till he was pushing 30. And, like, he really didn't develop. He was a late bloomer, more or so. And uh, he's always telling me how he reminds him so much of George Foster, just the way he plays and everything. I hope so because George. Yeah, Foster if he turns out to be nuts. George Foster, shit, <laughs> I would be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but I, that's that's such a long shot, man. I really hope yeah. he's right. I do, but uh, honestly, if he can just get up to around two fifty, maybe level off a little bit, um, 
because, I mean, he is just raking right now. He's hitting And he's such hard. a good fielder, like we talked about before. Yeah. He's one of the best fielders in the league, like, that's in the field, so. Yeah, and he legitimately, the analytics have him at the top, and he's played how many games 70 this year? games, maybe, yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he's played in, what, like, yeah, like 66. So, yeah. he's not. he may not even make half. Well, he'll make just over half the games by the end of the year. How how many at bats is he at? He is at it doesn't say um, two hundred and nineteen, I think. No, two hundred and nine. Sorry, two hundred and nine at bats. Two hundred nine at bats, eight home runs. That's not an awful rate, even for the whole year. That's still like every twenty something at every twenty five or so at bats a home run. That's not horrible. No, yeah. Especially for somebody who struggles with contact as much as he does. Yeah, and he started off so bad, too. Like, he's recently definitely yeah. picked it up much more. I think to start the year, he was two for, like, 41. Yeah. Yeah, if you're you dead took, on. If you took that <laughs> out of the equation, it probably would be a pretty decent season. He'd probably be near league average, like OPS and everything. Oh, yeah. If you look at just first half versus second half, and he's at – like first half batting average is 172, second half is 230. So yeah, that awful start absolutely plays into it because yeah, it's two just too for much. 41. That is <laughs> like a, that's like, like yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say that's like a fifth of his plate appearances came in March yeah. and April, and I was just that bad then. Yeah, that's yeah. like a Vado Vado this year. Before that, like awful stretch that ended his year. Like when he he had his OPS at like 750. Uh, like yeah. right before, you know how he was like 0 for 24 to end the season or whatever, something like that. Yeah, uh, like before bad. he went down. Yeah, um, he was actually having a really good year after that awful start. Like he was actually having a like a solid, solid season. Like yeah. OPS near 900 after that awful start because I think he batted one like 118 his first 40 games or something. It was awful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was rough for sure. But you're right. He rebounded to be roughly like an average hitter for most yeah. of the year at his age. That's that's fine. <laughs> yeah, literally. If he can, if he can give you anything above average at his age, that's a plus. And he'll always be near, at least near average, because he walks so much. Like he's never gonna like be awful, really. Yeah, like play, honestly, because he's always on base. Yeah, because that that the batter's eye doesn't. That, yeah. The plate discipline doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> when you yeah, older, exactly. It probably gets better. Yeah, exactly. Just more experience, better plate discipline. But uh, that's all I got on the Reds. You want to add anything? No, I'm ready to talk about this Bengals game, man. All right, let's talk about the Bengals Cowboys game. Uh, Cooper Rush will be starting at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, as Dak Prescott is out, like we said earlier. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cooper Rush, Donnie? You think he's going to give the Bengals uh, secondary some trouble? Gee, I want to say no, but I'm still having Mike White flashback. <laughs> oh, yeah, I th keep so, thinking about Mike White. <laughs> who was a former Cowboys quarterback, by the way. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say no, but, I, I mean, we've seen this story last year. Anything can happen. But coming off the loss the way they did, Burrow playing as bad as he did, and seeming like everybody in the practice this week is saying that he looks – insanely locked in yeah. for this game. So I I want to not get too far ahead of myself, but I think this could be a double-digit win for the Bengals. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like, honestly, I'm going to predict this. I think the Bengals are going to whoop ass this weekend. Like, I really do, because I feel like they should be pissed. They just lost to the Steelers in one of the worst possible losses you could ever have. Like, that t- Steelers team was giving them the win, and they just couldn't couldn't hold on to yeah. it. Uh, I'm just expecting a big win here. The Cowboys are decimated. We do have to worry about the Cowboys' defense, of course. Micah Parsons might wreak havoc. <laughs> on the Bengals' offensive line, that really well could happen. Oh, yeah. But offensively for the Cowboys, I don't see them doing that much unless Cooper Rush has a Mike White game because uh, the Bengals uh, showed last weekend that they really can stop the run well. And Ezekiel Elliott, like we talked about uh, last podcast, he did look really good against the, against the Bucks. He looked to have a burst that he hasn't had in a few years. Mm-hmm. But he looked like that last year as well at the beginning of the year. But tailed off at the end of the year because I think he had an injury and they didn't talk about it or whatever. But um, uh, I think that the Bengals showed they can stop the run really well. And if they can stop the run, I don't really see the Cowboys offense giving them too much trouble, especially that they don't have that many weapons anymore. All they really have active is CD Lamb. Yeah, it feels like the defensive play, game play in this week can almost just be ripped straight out of last week because un, unless you want to pay more attention to CD Lamb than you did. Yeah. Somebody like Dante Johnson, um, but you're going to be give, have to give the same attention to Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, their offensive line without Tyron Smith is just as bad as the Steelers. No Dak, so you're not respecting the pass very much. If mm-hmm. you take away Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I forgot about Dalton do. Schultz. Yeah, but um, yeah, if the if they Figure out a way to contain Micah Parsons. <laughs> um, I didn't hear what you said. Sorry, you cut out there. Like, as long as they keep Micah Parsons in check, and unless he's lining up straight over Cordo Wilson, they might be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the offense can hum this week. Like, I think Burrow's got some of the rush shaken off. He's, he's a looked a little faster in that second half against Pittsburgh, more willing to take the check down. And these Cowboys corners, man, if Diggs gets burned, they don't really have – they don't have a backup. They don't have an answer. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to see that Jamar Chase-C.D. Lamb matchup. Yeah, that'll be – if Chase can can do to Diggs Sunday what they did, what he did against Tim in college – during LSU's title run, it's not going to be close because no. he lit up Trayvon Diggs in that Bama LSU game. Mm-hmm. Yep, was- I'm excited to see that matchup. Like, big time excited. I bet you Jamar Chase will burn him with a double move this game at some point. They're gonna really, at least they're really gonna test to. it. I yeah. don't know if I don't know if Burrow like I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be completed because obviously it's hard for a deep pass to work. Like the offensive line's gonna hold up. He's got to throw a great throw. Like it's hard, but mm-hmm. I think Chase is gonna burn him on a route. I don't know if it's gonna get completed, but I think he's gonna burn him with a double move because you know Diggs is gonna be lurking, especially after Burrow throwing four picks. Diggs is gonna be thinking he's got two picks for him this weekend. So uh, you know how he yeah. wants to go after them picks. So I could see Chase burning him this weekend. Oh, yeah. And they already know how to do it. I just looked up the stats. Chase had six catches for 140 yards and a touchdown on Diggs against in college. Like, I know they're both better now. And Diggs in general is better at football now. 
But, man, it's hard not to look at that and think, okay, Chase could could have a really nice day regardless yeah. of what the offensive line's doing because of what he just did against Pittsburgh. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's talk about a little bit uh, other things on the game. Can you give me some keys to the game that you're looking for? Uh, I'll start not so obvious. Um, the Whoever matches up on Dalton Schultz, you know, Logan Wilson or Trey Flowers or whoever, or Keen Davis-Gaither, whoever, um, that's going to be a really important matchup because these backup quarterbacks like their safety valves. At least that's what they tend to do. So if you can take Schultz away just for even a split second, I think it's going to be a lot easier to to panic Cooper Rush, to to maybe get him a little flustered and make plays he probably shouldn't, or make him lose his, lose his spot in the play or take a half second longer, maybe get a sack, um, and just keep him from moving the chains. So like yep. as long as they can keep Dalton Schultz from consistently killing them, I think they should be okay. But that's why that matchup is so important. Because if they can just limit him to say like five catches for fifty yards or whatever, they should be all right. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um for me, I'm gonna go with Cordell Volson as a key to the game here. Uh he needs to have a better second game in the NFL than he did in his debut. If he can uh hold up and play good on the offensive line and that offensive line in general, but I'm just highlighting him. Uh, If they can play much better, I feel like this game will be much easier for the Bengals. Uh, Joe Mixon, if you watch that game like closely, Joe Mixon really had no holes that entire game. Like he was making, like he's had his whole career, no holes, but he was making four yard runs out of nothing. Like it would be negative Mm -hmm. one yard losses and he'd get four yards. That's pretty much why he didn't have a great yards per carry. Um, but that offensive line needs to hold up better. And, um, yeah, that's my, one of my keys right there. Yeah, that's – yeah. And um, that's going to be really important when it comes to Parsons too. Just limiting the damage he can cause. You don't want him to wreck more than, like, two drives because he's going to he's gonna get one. He's just good yeah. enough to get at least one. So you want to you limit that as much as possible. So I agree mm-hmm. with you there. Yep. Um, next up, what else you got for me? I want to see what happens with Dax Hill this game. He only got six snaps. Yeah, I was going to say, I only saw him on the field like once or twice in that whole game. Yeah, and before Dak got hurt, I thought this would be the first real chance we got to see what they have planned for him. But now that Dak's out, we may not see a lot of him until week four because they've got Joe Flacco against the Jets after this. (laughs) (laughs) um, he's gonna have a mike white game no they're not even gonna have joe flacco they're gonna bring out mike white they're like this worked last time yeah literally (laughs) but um yeah seeing what they do with him see if they're because i know they were probably planning on having to use dax this game Mm -hmm. but now that cooper rushes the quarterback do they try to use him anyway to get him more nfl game reps do they still limit him to try and keep him off film like, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Because I think he could be a good person to use on Schultz, too, if you need to. If Flowers and Wilson are getting killed, maybe you try Dax on him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Dax Hill, yeah, he really didn't get much snaps, as you said, six. I was about to say two, like, just a guess. I think I saw him out there once or twice, and that was it the whole game. But, um, 
yeah, honestly, this week would be a good week to honestly get him some experience, though, going against Cooper Rush because it's more of a preseason vibe in, in terms of the talent at quarterback you're playing against. So it might actually be a good week to get him some more snaps, honestly. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. And you've got um, – you're going to need help on C.D. Lamb. So, like, if if you need to throw an extra body out there, Dak seems like the as good a person as anybody. Yeah, yeah, agreed there. And uh, my second key to this game here, I'm going to go with, honestly, a weird one, but I'm going to go with the long snapping, honestly. <laughs> I'm going with it. Uh, can our new long snapper perform? Because when Clark Harris was in there, he obviously does well every week. And we found out last week when you put a backup tight end in there to long snap, it doesn't go so well. And that screwed up our whole game. Uh, and honestly, against the Cowboys, I'm not too worried about it. I, this was more of a joke pick, but um, yeah, I don't. I hope it doesn't come down to the long snapping. Is what I'm saying here. I'm hoping it doesn't yeah. come down to the long snapping. That's another reason I'm kind of hoping it gets to be like I'm kind of hoping the Bengals jump out in front quick and they can like maybe settle for a couple field goals because you know Cal Adamidas looked, you know, he looked fine in preseason. You know, there yeah. wasn't a huge difference. Like there was Harris from what the coaches said were was better for sure yeah you can't tell as much on tv like you really can't unless unless it goes awful you can't tell the difference really exactly yeah and automitis just wasn't awful like he was good mcpherson still drilled all the kicks he snapped yeah if he makes the field goals who the hell cares is the (laughs) question (laughs) exactly it's when he misses who cares if he misses (laughs) then it's oh exactly yeah i saw on twitter people saying cut evan mcpherson yeah i know i was that's when like, I logged what? off. Yeah, That's when I, I, just, off. <laughs> I can't deal with Twitter when like people are illogical. It just makes me upset. So like, think with your heads, with people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I can't deal with Twitter if it's talking bad about my team when people are talking like when that people are just like we made the Super Bowl last year. Like this team isn't going to be awful all of a sudden because they lost Week One to a team that hasn't had a losing record in twenty years. Like, it's not like the Steelers or some – it's not like we lost to the 2017 Browns. Like, chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the takes were absolutely wild on Sunday. Yeah. I, I, just, had like, to, I just had to log off. Yeah, and was, then we're going to be 4-1 and one or something, and those same people are going to be like, go Bengals, we're the best team in the league, Super Bowl champs this year. Like, it's going to be the same people. And I'm just going to tweet back at them, no, you're the one hating two weeks ago, or three weeks ago. <laughs> It'll be – there's gonna be a lot of people deleting tweets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up here, let's just talk about our score predictions for the week. I don't think we have to talk much more about this game. I, I really don't think we have that many keys to the games because keys to the game. Because honestly, if the Bengals just play well, we should win this game easily. And do you agree with me on that? Pretty much. The only thing I'm watching at this point is if T. Higgins is gonna play and like how much if he does. Yeah. Does that could I, affect. I, that could add another touchdown or so to the score. Yeah, I- I'm with you there. Do you do you have the spread for the game? I don't have that. Last up. I saw, Cincinnati was six and a half point favorites, and That's they were two all? point. They were two point underdogs before Dak got hurt. Still six and a half. Oh, take the over on that. Take the over on that, yeah. people. Okay, seven. Seven is what I see now, but still, I'd still take the over on that. It's it's difficult, man. It's just I don't know how Parsons is going to affect it and how well they're going going to adjust. Yeah, 
Like, yeah, he definitely could just wreak havoc in the backfield. Like if that if that Minka pick six and that fumble from Burrow are the only two turnovers last week, Bengals win. Oh yeah, like that's and they win pretty handily. But since they didn't and they threw a ton of interceptions, like are they going to do that again against Dallas? Like that's yeah, that's probably because the defense is still higher. there. The yeah. defense is still there. And again, they're going to th- be facing a a not a great quarterback. Yeah. My thing is though, I just I have more faith in Joe Burrow that he's not gonna throw four interceptions again. I just I have a hard time seeing him throw yeah. more than like one pick this week. And that's just a gut feeling. That's no football like science or anything. That's just a gut feeling. I have a hard time seeing him throwing a lot of picks again this weekend. Yeah, man, I sure hope so. Cause yeah. if he's throwing eight interceptions in two weeks, it's officially the MVP season's down the drain. <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah, there's no way that happens again. I He's going after shouldn't. the Brett Favre strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Eh. Hopefully only on the field. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't think there's any way he throws four picks again. I probably shouldn't be so definitive. That usually blows up in my face. Yeah, that's just how I'm feeling. I don't think it's going to happen again. Parsons and Diggs are the only two pieces on that defense I'm worried about. So, like... I think the play calling is going to be a little better this week now that they've got a how the offensive line is shelling a little bit more. I hope they won't be as easy to key on offensively. Um, like they, I hope they pass more from under center, and I hope that if they're going to put men in motion, they don't run to that side nearly as often. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go twenty-eight to 14 I think for my score prediction just because without Dak it's just really hard for me to see how they get points I could see like toward the end of the game maybe they get a fluke touchdown somewhere in the beginning and then in garbage time they get get another touchdown um but I could just see I I just don't see really how the Bengals lose this game if maybe if they had beaten the Steelers I could or if they had beaten them handily and had no issues I could see where this might be a trap game the fact that they're coming off a loss the way they did, I just I don't really see them losing. Yeah, I just feel like that Steelers game really opened their eyes, and they're not going to let another game slip through their hands and just go 0-2. I don't see that happening. I'm going to go 27-10 Bengals. Uh, I'm with you. I don't see the Cowboys scoring much, and I don't think the Bengals' offense is just going to like explode in any – like Mm-mm. any any means i just think it's slowly going to be progression of scoring over and over they might get a like a slow start but i think slowly throughout the game they'll have a big play here and there and if i think i think if t higgins plays he'll probably have a pretty big day yeah i just don't see their corners outside of digs aren't great no like not they're, at just, all. they're not so like if you have higgins healthy you can run him opposite of of chase and one of them will be open yeah. If not, you still got Boyd who can work in the slot. And Mixon, if you run it away from Parsons, should be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there for sure. Um, my thing is this game, I don't want to see them run Joe Mixon as much as he got last time. Uh, last game, I want to see P. Ryan and Chris Evans get a few more carries. Uh, I think they only had one carry total. P. Ryan had one, I believe. I don't think Chris, Chris Evans had any. Um, I want to see them get some a little bit of playing time this game because we don't need Mixon getting 27 carries a game. That just it's not going to end well. I don't want him getting yeah. hurt or anything. 
Yeah, and I and I understand part of why they went to him on Sunday because you know Burrow was a walking turnover for that entire first half. Yeah. So I understand going away from Burrow a little bit in game, but you have to adjust back this week. You're right. I think you have to to be more through the air because that that's where you need to be consistently solid is in yeah. the air. So they need to work those kinks out for sure. Because yeah, that's so, that's what led us to the Super Bowl, and that's what's going to lead us to another Super Bowl run if we do it again. And they need to make sure that's right. Yeah, exactly. Get that stuff out now where just don't turn the ball over and you should win this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is, uh, that's all I got on this game, though, Donnie. You got anything else? No, that's all for me. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch this game this weekend. We're hoping for a bounce-back win. Uh, definitely. Uh, if you guys did enjoy this podcast, do me a favor, subscribe down below. If you're on YouTube, uh, if you're on Apple music or if you're on Apple podcast, Spotify, check us out there. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. This is the all day Cincinnati sports podcast. Um, and that's all for episode five. I hope you guys did enjoy root hard for the Bengals this weekend and we'll see you all on the next podcast. See you guys. Bye.